The Faraway Tree by Evan Bothman. Cold, bleak nothingness. And then, suddenly a flurry of activity in the snow. Two ravenous beasts fight at the edge of the woods. The vampire, dead flesh starving for luscious life. The werewolf, full of vitality, always ready for a meal. Two hungry friends quickly turn into hungry enemies in the dead of night. The wolf slashes. The vampire bites. The wolf roars. The vampire screams. The hunter and his son watch from behind a faraway tree. Silhouettes struggle against the backdrop of a vermilion moon. The hunter hands a rifle to his son. The gun is loaded with silver bullets. It is heavy in the boy's shivery, frail grass. The wolf must die. But it's my brother. And my son. It's what's best for the village. Indeed. Werewolves kill livestock and the occasional vagrant, but vampires steal women and children from their beds. The boy brings the rifle to his shoulder. He aims, fires. A bad shot. The worst shot possible. He has hit only snow. Who taught you how to shoot? You did! The beasts halt, frozen in the snow. The wolf raises its snout. The vampire tastes the air. One of them howls. The other shrieks. They both turn to a faraway tree. Give me the rifle. He aims, fires, misses. Who taught you how to shoot? Your grandfather. But he was blind. The wolf charges. The vampire flies. The boy cowers. His father shields. The man lifts the rifle to the sky. Wolf's blood rains from the vampire's jaws. The hunter cannot fire. He now recognizes this monster as the thief who took his wife two months prior. Surely the creature will tell him of her fate. Instead, the hunter aims for the wolf. He can now see his eldest son's green eyes in the head of the loping beast. Beautiful emerald jewels, just like his mother's. Quick, we must climb the tree. He lifts the boy to a branch. He hands the child the rifle. Climb, climb higher, I will follow you. The boy, rifle slung over his shoulder, clambers upward. The hunter jumps, reaches for a branch. His fingertips slip on ice. He plummets to the ground. The wolf has arrived. Its fetid breath melts snow. The hunter looks into its eyes. They are all that remains of his firstborn. The monster licks its muzzle. The hunter unsheaths a silver blade. The wolf leaps forward. The man swings his sword. A second too late. He howls, falls, and cries as his son steps over him and begins to feed. Tears have frozen the boy's eyelids shut. He can only hear his father's cries, his brother's crunches. The vampire lands on the tree's highest branch. The beast does not make a sound. It descends to the boy, stealthy, hungry. The creature has tasted this child's blood before. His mother's throat had been warm, sweet nectar. His brother's blood had been just as filling. The monster expects the boy to be succulent and saccharine. The branch beneath the vampire moves, comes to life, creaks. This is not merely a shift in the wind. The tree moans, awakes, aware. It has always been. The boy hears this, raises the rifle, aims, fires. The bullet pierces the vampire's black heart. The beast screams, defeated, aflame. It falls, ashes alongside flakes of snow. The wolf looks up to the boy, done with his father. 
The beast's green eyes are now crimson pools, fierce, unforgiving. The creature leaps. The lowest branch darts for the wolf, grabs, constricts. The wolf twists, bites, whines, yelps, wheezes, dies. Blood spills onto gaping roots. Another branch plucks the boy from where he trembles. No, no, let me go. He fires into the wood again and again. The tree groans, shutters, weakens. The boy drops. He hits the ground running. He cannot see the direction in which his feet lead him, but it does not matter where he goes as long as it is far away. Behind the boy, the tree now sits, powerful, yet disappointed, eager but still. It waits. An Encounter in Greenwich Village by Hope Homerson. It happened in my salad days when I was a young actress. I had just finished doing summer stock in Michigan and wanted to go to New York to check out the theater scene. The tech girl at the Summer Theater had a place in Manhattan and said I could stay there for a few days. It's in the East Village. Nothing fancy. I accepted immediately and was relieved. I'd be able to save some money. So I landed in New York and took the subway downtown. Back then, sections of the East Village were still pretty dilapidated and, and the neglected buildings had loads of code violations. Barb's place was in one of those old tenements on East 10th and Avenue B. The rent was dirt cheap because she shared a bathroom down the hall with her neighbors. There was a bathtub in the kitchen where she could wash herself and the dishes. She was going away for the weekend, so she introduced me to her cat and pointed to the door of the john. Make sure the cat doesn't get out. The fridge works, but the freezer compartment doesn't. It was around supper time and I was hungry. I went for the door and so did the cat. I pushed her away firmly. She scratched me. But I managed to escape by opening the door a crack, holding her at bay with my foot, and quickly exiting by squeezing myself through the door. I explored the neighborhood found a diner that promised home cooking. What'll you have? Oh, smothered pork chops and that last piece of banana cream pie. You got it. There was a time when I could eat like that and not gain weight. You want coffee, hon? Sure do. Oh, it was strong and hot. So I ate and did some people watching, two of my favorite activities. It was dark when I left the restaurant and I was surprised to find the streets deserted. I walked fast and faster. It was so quiet that I could hear my heels clicking on the pavement. I ran up the broken steps to the apartment, put the key in the lock, and slowly opened the door. The place was totally dark. Ah, I forgot to leave the light on. Oh, the cat must have been lonely because she was making up to me by rubbing up against my legs. I turned the lights on in the main room and quickly looked for roaches scurrying away. No roaches. Did the same in the bedroom. No roaches. Good. I might have missed a couple, but definitely not infested. Oh, damn. I had to use the toilet. I filled the cat's dish and bolted out. The hallway was dimly lit. I knocked on the bathroom door. No answer. I opened it slowly, just in case, and, and hunted for the light switch. 
The lock was a hook and eye, not very secure, so I made sure the door was shut good and tight. Apparently, the john also served as a janitor's closet, brooms, mops, buckets. Next to the toilet was a small, dirty sink. I did what I came for and ran water over my hands. No soap, but lots of paper towels and rolls of toilet paper. I undid the lock and turned the knob. The door didn't budge. I pressed my shoulder against it. No luck. I kicked it. Nothing. Then slammed my shoulder against it. The light went out and the door was still stuck. Damn. I tried the light switch. The, the bulb was out. Oh, hell. Fuck. Are there rats in here? I kept slamming against the door until it swung open and catapulted me into the hall. I, I caught my breath and gingerly opened the door to the apartment. You know the drill. I washed up in the tub. I was tired and stressed out. I closed the door to the bedroom to keep Kitty out. Did I mention I'm allergic to cats? I hung my dress on a hanger from a hook on the outside of the closet door and got into bed. I read a Cosmo magazine and then took one of their surveys that would tell me who I was. The sounds of traffic were somnolent, so I turned off the light and slept like a baby. Until I was awakened by a dull, fuzzy shaft of light. Morning already? My feet were ice cold. Odd, it was late August and balmy. I opened my eyes and looked out the window. Still nighttime. I realized the light was coming from the closet door. A feeling of dread came over me. Like a robot, I slowly turned my head and saw an apparition of a woman inside my dress. I say inside because she was also wearing turn-of-the-century clothes. I could see the lace on her blouse, her long skirt and high-button shoes. Her hair was piled on top of her head. I dug my nails into my arm. Yes, I was definitely awake. I sat up, not taking my eyes off this ghostly visitor. The image before me flickered like a bad home movie. Involuntarily, my, my arm rose from the side of the bed as if it were raising a curtain, and the scene came into focus. I could see the spirit's face. She was young, like, like me. I noticed that her neck was bent in a peculiar way. My head moved downward, and, and I saw dangling feet. I knew in an instant that she had hung herself in this room many years ago. I jumped up, she vanished, and I was enveloped in darkness. With a muffled cry, I turned on everything. Lights, TV, percolator. The cat sat on my lap while I petted her, drank coffee, and watched the late, late night movie with swollen and teary eyes. The next day, I rented a room at the Barbizon Hotel a fortress in the upper 60s for single women who wanted to be protected from the evils of the big bad city. I told Barb that I was going to spend some time with another one of my friends. I also told her about the midnight visit. <laughs> what were you smoking? I hadn't smoked any weed or taken any hallucinogens. I knew I was awake and saw the specter of a sad young working girl. But why had she chosen to reveal herself only to me? The thought of it still sends chills down my spine. I could have investigated the meaning of that encounter, plunged myself into research, delved into the occult, obsessed over it. Instead, I locked it away in the recesses of my brain, remembering what my grandmother would occasionally say. What you don't know won't hurt you. Reserving Departure by Barb Loda Hi, this is Amtrak. Hi, well, well, what's the next train to Detroit? 
My name's Julie. Okay, can you tell me when the next I invite you to visit our newly designed website, oh, Amtrak.com. Lower affairs may be available. Shit. I'm sorry, I didn't understand you. To check if a particular train is running on time, say train status. To get schedule or fare information, say schedule. Jesus. Sorry, I didn't understand. Of course you didn't. Understand this? Wait a moment, and we'll transfer you to a live operator queue. I want to inform you that the wait for one of our live customer service agents is approximately... 34 minutes. It's 4.30 in the morning. Who the hell is calling for train reservations? If you would like to wait... 34 minutes. Say yes, or press 1. If no, press or say 2. No! Sorry, I didn't understand. If yes, press or say one. If no, press or say two. Two! Two, 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 two! Got it. You will find I'll be able to handle all of your needs. To check if a particular train is running on time, say train status. To get schedule or pricing information, say shrewdles. What the hell? Sorry, I didn't understand you. Oh, look who's talking. To get schedule or pricing information, say schedules. Fine, schedules. I heard you. I'll be able to look up all the schedules and fares for any Amtrak train. And if you find something you'd like, we can take care of a reservation too. Well, aren't you the cat's pajamas? Don't be condescending. Now, let's get started. Please say the name of the departure city. For example, you can say New Haven, Connecticut. Or you can say the name of the station, like Boston, South Station. Chicago, Illinois. I'm sorry, I didn't understand. Chicago, Illinois. Great. And the arrival city? Detroit, Michigan. Got it. One moment. You really ought to take better care of yourself, Louise. What? What day would you like to depart? Wait a minute. How did you know my How did you know my name? How did you know I lit my lighter? I never said my name. I'm sorry. I don't understand. Say again. What day would you like to depart? Again? I never said it in the first place. I want to depart today, but I don't understand how you knew my name. We, we can't, can't understand, understand everything, Louise. Hey! What day of the week would you like to depart? Say the day or date, or enter the date into the keypad. What do you want from me, God? I'm trying to be good, I quit drinking, I'm trying to- I'm sorry you're having trouble. In order for me to look up the train, I need the day you would like to depart. I cannot look up trains without it. Today. Uh, today is uh, Tuesday. Uh, my sister called last night. My father is uh, in the- oh, What the hell am I talking to you for? Departing? Is, is he departing? departing? What? That's not funny. No, that's why we've come to comfort you. Hey, what is this now? You should open the door. Why? Got it. Tuesday, February 4th. Now, around what time would you like to depart? <gasps> I'm sorry to scare you. We're Julie's. Julie's, you can like us on Facebook. I had have had problems with reservation lines before, but this is incredible. I can call Southwest Airlines if need be. I'm sorry you're having trouble. How did you get to my house? Now around what time would you like to depart on February 4th? Five. Five, five o'clock. Say a.m. or p.m. A.m. Jesus Christ. No, we already have his reservations. How many travelers? One. This, this is strangely comforting to have you here. We understand. Regular fare, or do you have a discount? Say regular or discount. Regular. Say adult, child, or senior citizen. Adult. Louise, isn't that pushing it a bit, dear? What the hell does that mean? You stop that. You people are either cold and impersonal, but consistent and without cruelty, or you're real and understanding and sometimes hurtful, but you can't have it both ways. Isn't that more about you, the impersonal cold? If you would like to hear the itinerary again, say, back up. If you need assistance, say, help. Help? Let's review the itinerary. 
You are one adult traveler departing around 5 a.m. Help, help. I said help. No backup. Help. Hi, this is Amtrak. My name's Julie. No, please help. Help, please help. If you want forgiveness, say forgive or press 5. I just want your help. For help, push pound for meaningless sympathy. I just want to go to Detroit. Is that so much to ask? I want to talk to a real person so I can say real things and they will understand these things without me having to say them in some perfect way. You demand. That's how it's always been. I never did it right. I don't fit in. I don't say it right. One is flamboying, boom, to depart, not smoking. Say, 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 say. You say. Now give me a goddamn train ticket to Detroit. My father is in an emergency room and I don't have goddamn fucking time to say anything more to you. I need him to forgive me, goddamn it, before it's too... Thank you. Please have a pen or pencil handy for your itinerary. Your train departs from Chicago's Union Station at 6 20 a.m., arriving in Detroit Station at 12.50 p.m., reservation number 12FD1E. Tickets can be picked up at Union Station Amtrak window. Remember, it's best to arrive plenty of time before the departure time so you can take care of all necessary preparations. Be sure to enjoy the snack car while aboard the Wolverine. Now I hope I have served all your needs. No. Amtrak invites you to take a short survey on their brand new reservation phone system. Me, Julie, your new customer service agent. Would you like to participate? Say yes or press one. Say no or press two. No. He heard you. He loves you, Louise. What? What did you say? Don't hesitate to contact us for any of your travel needs. Goodbye. Haunted, a poem by Debbie Finkelstein. The dining room drapes fill with vibrant moonlight. I won't watch those drapes or the kitchen door after dark. Glasses jump off the break front, milk curdles in the refrigerator. The mop spins like a speeding car. Even bats avoid my home, eating mosquitoes from the pool but casting no eyes to the windows. At once, faucet drips become snow. Bits of powder spiral like a tornado. She is here. I hear her crunch potato chips and pretzels, gnaw saltwater taffy and licorice, Unwrap the cellophane of hard candy, slice cheese for her hamburger. Hot oil sizzles in my frying pan as she cooks Canadian bacon, browns cheese fries, and saute shrimp. <laughs> Soon, chocolate and sugar permeate the air as she pulls a tort from the oven. <sighs> my aunts watched her waste. She kept kosher in life, but in death, she dines in my kitchen. Basement Crawl by Michael Herzovi. Listen, this is the second time. Your inspector was out a month ago. Your crew was supposed to be here last week. I've been waiting for you guys to clean out the mold so I can start remodeling. Because right now it's a pit. 
God knows what's down there after the last rainstorm. If you're not here in the morning, I'm calling the Better Business Bureau and my lawyer. Fine. I'll be here. Thank you. Jerk. All right. Dinner. How about a bottle of wine? Yeah, after all, I finally have a, a wine cellar. <sighs> Great. And the bulbs are downstairs, of course. Flashlight, flashlight. Oh, there. Light. <laughs> Keep me from my own basement, will ya? I pay the mortgage here. I fear no dungeon. I shall return with wine and bulbs. I'm alive. Head, not good. Gotta get up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop spinning. Maybe later. Ah! Ah! Hello? Is anybody there? Where am I? What's that smell? Oh, head. Oh, ick. Sticky. Well, that's a lump. I'm gonna hurt in the morning see a damn thing. Wait, oh, my eyes, no, no, my eyes feel okay. Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> it's night and you're in the basement. Right, right. Wine, dinner. Oh, that's a lovely buzz. Anybody get the name of that truck? Bleeding stopped. All right, uh, phone. Let's see, gotta be close. Uh, <clears throat> oh, damn it. All right, up, slow. Uh. Uh. Ah! Ah! Oh, damn it! Ooh. Oh, don't do that again. Broken leg too. All right, let me, let me check things out. Uh, chest, ribs, okay. Now, hip, leg. Oh, that's that's a big lump. Oh yeah, that's that's got to be broken. I'll call nine one one. Wait, no, no, phone, yeah. Yeah, oh, come on, I gotta move, here. Here we go. Hey, hi, little guy. What are you doing here? Uh, listen, mouse, you get out of here. It's dangerous. Those stairs, they're killers. <laughs> Have you seen my phone? Yeah, yeah, hi there. Hey, you know you can't stay here, right? Because you know it's a people house, not a mouse house. <laughs> Go get help, boy, get help. <laughs> Useless mouse. You're kind of a long brown mouse, aren't you? What good are you anyway? Help me! Come on, hey. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. Come on. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, that's that's my hand, yeah. Ow! Jesus, you bit me! Oh, now what, rabies? Come here, come here, you little... Yeah? How do you like it? Got your tail, huh? You like being swung around, do you? How do you like this? Ugh. You like that? Ugh. You like that? Ugh. Ugh. <sighs> yeah, how you like it now? You're not going to bite anybody anymore, are you? I told you. It's not a mouse house. All right. Stairs. Oh, 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 oh. oh the br broken stair that started it all. Just enough light from the kitchen to see what happened. Jeez, wood's just eaten through. Hey, hey, look at you. you. You beautiful. How did you get there, you little phony phone? Look at you, just waiting for me all this time. Hello, hello, my little phone. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, all right, all right. Well, 
Oh, that's a, that's a really big family you got there, Mr. Mouse. Must be family and friends, huh? <laughs> Whoa, you guys are really huge. Where are you going? No, 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 nothing to see here. Go back to your, your, well, whatever. No, no, get, get down. Hey, what the hell? Come on, come on, nine. Come on, get back. Get, get away. Get back. Nine, get out. Help, help. Hi, hello, hello. Ah! Nine one one, do you have an emergency? Nine one one, what is the location of your emergency? Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? Night Swim by Trina Kukasik. So it's late summer, balmy night. I'm 17, I'm at the lake, my lake. There's a little bit of moon on her, depending on the clouds. Heat lightning in the distance, the smell of bonfires and the end of summer. This is my favorite time at my lake. So specific, so perfect. What lakes were made for. The party was getting boring, so I coaxed Dave down to the water. I stripped down to my bikini, the white string one. We were lifeguards at the pool in town, Dave and I, and fast swimmers. He was wearing those cutoffs I liked. I said, Come on, race you to the raft. I don't know. Dave was an Eagle Scout. I was the opposite. I'm already out past curfew. We can be there and back in less than 15 minutes. There are no underwater lights. We've got the moon and the houses. My lake is not going to hurt you. She wouldn't dare. She's my friend. The lake winked at me in the moonlight. But the fish, they bite your ankles. Once we get out past the drop-off, the bottom will be too far away. How deep is it again? She's 40 feet, so no fish, no weeds out past the drop-off. Is there really a train down there? That's what I hear. The fish only nibble your ankles if you stand in the water too long. I stepped closer to him so that the white bikini could offer an opinion too. I'm swimming to the raft. You can be irresponsible and force me to swim in the dark without a buddy or you can join me. And with that, I was under. Late at night, she seems thick, like ink. Her limbs relaxed and heavy, she sways like a hammock, keeping me suspended. The silence when I lie in her lap looking at the stars and the glow around the edges from the lights in town and on the road. Well, if there is a heaven, this might be it. But underwater, in the dark, gone is the earthy green of the day. At night, there is nothing. No sound, no noise, just your heart and the water in your ears. And even if you open your eyes underwater, she's opaque. Can't even see your hand in front of your face. You peer hard at the bottom, but it remains invisible, 40 or so feet below. You know it's there because you've touched the top of the cold muck with the tip of your toe. After all, you're young and foolish and brave and always take the dare. I began to swim out. Dave, soon behind. White bikini, works every time. We enjoy the quiet swim to the raft and climb up. We play like the kids we are. Diving off the raft turns into king of the raft, turns into other things that teenagers in white bikinis and cutoffs might do on a raft on a warm summer night. Ow! Mosquitoes are finding us. Holy crap, I am so grounded. We gotta go. Did it get darker? It had gotten darker. 
and windier. Moon, stars, now running along a treadmill of the clouds, which seemed to be moving very fast. And the lake, she looked dull and cranky. Crap. Don't worry, we can beat the storm back to the beach. Come on. We'll be swimming right into it. And what if lightning hits the water? We should stay with the raft. The raft is on the water. Crap, tornado siren. We'll swim east. There, it's closer. But it's all seaweed over there. Just swim through it. It won't bite you. With a huge gust of wind, the raft had flipped over. Where are you? Shit, Dave! I ducked under, where it was calm, and opened my eyes. Bizarrely, I could see more than ever. Especially when the lightning, which was now constant, flashed above us. It was like a fish tank. And there were fish. Far more of them than I ever thought were even in the lake. So many fish! looking. The lightning flashed, and the lake gathered them quickly to her depths. Come on, old girl, help me out here. I could see the flipped raft, but I couldn't see Dave. Which way should I go? Damn. Tell me, tell me, tell me which way. Dave! Right. The waves should be going east. I'm going with them. Thank you, thank you. I knew you would help me, old girl. I went under again to look for Dave. As the storm got more insistent that I get to dry land, underwater felt safer than above it. But pretty soon I realized that the lightning wasn't gonna care if it hit the lake. So I decided Dave was a big guy and he would be fine. I swam with the waves, though they seemed to be confused about where they were going, diving under the surface for protection from the wind and the noise when I could. (coughs) Dave, shit, Dave. Oh my God, the raft, it was loose. Dave was caught up in the chains from the raft and he he was out cold, dead weight, and twice as big and heavy as me. I untangled him. Oh God, he was east. I slung my arm over his chest and dragged him like he taught me in lifeguard school. I could just make out the shore, probably eight minutes at this kind of pace. Dave! Wake up and swim! Dave! (coughs) Shit. Rain, but not really rain. More like a a waterfall. There was as much water falling out of the sky as there was water in the lake. I couldn't stand on my back to carry Dave without drowning us both. (coughs) I had to drag him by the hair like he taught me, and, and go back under from time to time. No. Shit. I promise I won't. <coughs> won't be stupid anymore. Just let them come back on, please. Yeah, I was bargaining for that last crack of lightning took out every light in every house along the shore, as well as the lights in town and on the road. It was so dark, like a bad dream I needed to wake up from. Shit. East. The waves are still going east, right? Lady of my lake, you're gonna help me, right? Dave was awake, and he had panicked. He grabbed me around the neck and climbed on top of me, the rescuer's worst nightmare. I tried the escapes he taught me, but they didn't work. He was too big. Finally, I sucked him in the ribs, and he let go. Dave, stop! It's me! Let let, let go! He grabbed me again. Another hit to the ribs, but I missed. He was too big. He had me. I couldn't. He was too big. We were under, and we were sinking, and... (gasps) Pinching. 
pinching did the trick. I was free. I looked down to the bottom for him one more time. The lightning flashed and and the bubbles rising from the depths rolled their eyes at me or were they crying? I couldn't tell. In the fight I had lost my contacts, so the rain and the dark and the shit. I was getting cold. That's one thing I'm not good at, being cold. I put my head down and sprinted. Every hundred strokes or so, I'd go under where it was calm. The lightning was gone, thunder was in the distance, but the rain and the wind and the dark, they were all around me. But she was with me, my lake, holding me up. You aren't that big old girl. I should be to shore by now, shouldn't I? Unless I'm swimming in circles. If I just keep going and going, pretty soon... Ouch. Oh. Huh. Shit, the raft. Oh, I'm so cold. Stupid raft. Keep, sw keep swimming. Is the shore yet? Let's just rest under the water. Okay, let's go. Up. Under. Up. Under. We're almost there, right? Is that seaweed up ahead? I wish the lightning would come back to light the way. It was getting hard to tell which was which. Up, under. Both places seemed to be the same. Up to swim. I thought I saw Dave again. I reached for him, but I came up with a handful of weeds. I thought I saw lights overhead, flashing red, but they weren't for me. So cold. How did it get so cold? You're gonna make me mad like you're supposed to be fun. Handful of weeds. Almost there, aren't we? After the storm, she laughed at me, teased me, and made me afraid of her. But I've forgiven her. It was that or leave her, which I'm never going to do. I love her. And I know she loves me. She takes care of me. Our first Christmas together, when her surface froze like glass, she let me watch the skaters and the ice fishermen, the ice. It was the biggest picture window I've ever seen. We played this game where I took the bait from their hooks. And on my birthday, she froze her eyes so thick that there was a skating party with a bonfire up above. It was beautiful the way the fire glowed on the surface. I swam up close and could feel how warm it was. I think I heard my mother. Oh, and yes, there is really a train down here. That's where we live. Next time you're standing in the water at night and you think it's a fish nibbling your ankle, it might be. Who Are You Wearing? by Rhea McCallum. What was that? Oh, is somebody waking up? Uh, 
feel a bit groggy. Well, that's to be expected, I suppose. Perfect timing, I'm about finished. Just humming it up. You know the best thing about leather, no fraying edges. Actually, don't really need to hem it if your cut is clean, but I like to. I like the finished look of a hem. It screams professional design. I think you'll be impressed with the results. I sure am. <laughs> Funny, I, I never thought I'd wear a pink dress to prom. Growing up, I hated the color pink. I mean, hated pink. My mother and grandmother used to dress me in it all the time. All of my childhood photos, I was wearing pink. I'd show you, but I burned them. I hated those dresses so frilly and lacy with ribbons and ruffles. I mean, why would anyone want to dress their child like that? Those materials would catch and snag and never looked good after laundering. Wear it once, wasteful. But people have their ideas of what it means to be pretty. A pretty little girl. That's what those bitches wanted, a pretty little girl to dress up like a doll and tell what to do. Well, I dress myself now, and this is the last pink dress I'll ever wear. And it's, it's only sort of pink. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, really, it's variations of pink, peach, and a light tan. I did my best to make all the pieces as uniform in color as possible, but I'm, I'm new to the tanning process, and well, my source materials varied, so I did the best I could. Uh, uh, Almost uh, done. Uh, uh, and there. Yes, that is fine work. Okay, open up. Come on, you can do it. It'll make you feel better. Tongue up. Oh, that a girl. That should keep you on just this side of alive. Ah, fits perfectly, don't you think? Now for the final touches. A touch more mascara to make the eyes pop. Yes. You know, I never actually thought I'd attend my prom. I mean, it's not like anyone asked me, but even if they had, I doubt I would have agreed. Lately though, well, I guess you could say I've had a change of heart. I found a way to make the experience my own. I bet you never thought you'd be missing prom. Did you have big plans? Hummer limo, the whole bit? You seem like you would. Like you'd go with another one of the girls nominated for queen? Huh? Well, I guess you will be. In a way. Oh, the dress turned out even better than I'd hoped. <laughs> to die for, right? <laughs> well, it better be. I mean, hate to think all you lovely ladies of the prom court gave up the skin off your backs for nothing. Oh, I just need one last thing. My crown of glory. Just need to add the final touches. Oh, okay. You do know that this is why I saved you for last, right? You and your fancy schmancy ghetto grill. Trying to prove to I don't know who that you're, I don't know what exactly. Something that you're not, obviously. I mean, if you were hood, really hood, do you, do you think you'd be in this predicament right now? I don't think so. Now, I know you have a lot of morphine streaming through your veins right now, but this still might hurt. Okay, okay, open wide. That's right. One, two, three, and four. Oh, fantastic. These will make a lovely addition to my crown. Yes, you go here and oh, you fit perfectly right over here. Well, you should be happy. I only needed these four from you. You still have teeth left to help identify your body. I mean, the other girls did not fare as well. And done. Just needs a sec to set. You know, super glue, it really is a wonder. Oh, perfect. You, uh, you like? Uh...
wonderful. I could not have done it without you. Hmm. Now that's originality. No chance of bumping into anyone else in this number, huh? <laughs> oh, sorry you won't have a turn on the dance floor. Mm. Time to open wide. And again. Oh, I guess this prom just wasn't your night. When Death Knocks by Helen Valenta. Daisy is out there, Grandfather, in the storm. Daisy isn't a real dog. You dreamed her. Are you sure? Yes. You're just tired. Oh, but she seems so real, as if I had her in another life. The eye of the storm is approaching. Don't open the door. I never did outgrow my fear of hurricane season. Stay away from the windows, Kate. It's not just because of the storm. He's out there, isn't he? Lurking. Dressed in his usual black outfit. You would think after all this time, Death would be more creative with his outerwear. I'll go out there. Tell him to leave. Well, you can't stop Death. But you know what? I'm not going to wait for him either. I'm going upstairs. Let him find me. This is the night. Don't be afraid. I'm ready. I'm tired of being afraid all the time. Daisy! She's out there! It's just me, your old friend. I'm so confused. I, I thought I saw Daisy. There's no dog out there. So he knows. He is ready? Yes. He's expecting me. For some time. I like you're not afraid. The fear gets tedious. By which I mean to say, they must know I'm coming at some point. Why do they act so surprised? Oh, look. He was fine yesterday, and now he is stone-cold dead. Or the more obvious, in life there is death. As if I didn't count for anything. As if life could exist without me. You're jealous. Why would I have such unseemly human qualities? To envy what you don't have. Such sad creatures you are, wasting time while I lurk in your garden. Unwanted. Unbidden. Is anything wrong with you? Why do you ask? Do I seem lethargic, out of sorts, not focused on my job? You seem gloomier than usual. My suit is wrinkled, and I like to look nice. You do. Where are the warm muffins on the blue plate that were here yesterday? The plates were painted with willow trees bending so slightly. Such pretty things. Gone. Why, could you eat one? No. I just like the look and smell of them, kid. I'm not a child. Please don't be intimate with me. Oh, but I will be. I will hold you in the most intimate of embraces, and you may struggle, or you may give in, but you'll feel the full weight of me, my passion, and I will take your breath away. I will have you in the end. So you see... Either way, I will be your last lover. Stop it! Your hands are so cold. 
Then you give me no choice. I'm going to see your grandfather. No! Please, wait. What is it? What do you want from me? I like your company. I know what you're doing. I know you don't find me attractive. I do. Let me hold you. Let me touch you. What are you doing? I want to feel you. Your hands are... Your hands are too warm. I don't like this. I want to kiss you. No! Why? Because it's so full of life. I don't want it. Just for a minute. It's no use. Don't degrade yourself. It is degrading, isn't it? To want to feel something? To beg for the chance to feel alive, if only for one minute? Or not granted that, just a few seconds. Just a few seconds of life to sustain us for years. The way that just thinking about a person one loved carries us through the worst. It's time. It's inevitable. The end always comes. Then I'll come with you. Lead the way. Grandfather, how are you feeling? I don't want to die wearing my night clothes. Help me put on this shirt, will you? Yes. I want to be dressed for the occasion. I know he's here. Hello. How are I see my long-lost uncle. I'm happy to see you. You look good. And there's Max, my friend. How long has it been? Remember how we walked to school together as children, holding hands? There was nothing odd about it. I remember it as if it were yesterday. And Eve... You're the reason I've been anticipating this. I see you so clearly. You're so beautiful. Let him have a few more minutes. To be mortal. How I envy it. To lose something. What a gift. I'll give life that. I don't suffer. But how sweet it looks. How I envy your suffering. I know now. The storm, it was like this that night, the night Daisy died. Daisy was real, not imagined. I see it now. My, my grandfather was just trying to spare me the pain of recollection. Hurricane season. Like now, someone left the door unlocked. Was it me? Oh, I couldn't bear it if it were. It wasn't you. How do you know? I was there. Daisy got out. Yes. In the storm. Mm, how can I bear it? You will. It's time to go. All right. I'm ready. I don't need help. I can walk myself. But wait, please. What is it? He didn't say goodbye. That's how they like to do it, I've seen. Wait, I... I, I understand now. You, you killed Daisy. You, you left the door unlocked. You, you let her out in the storm. I had no choice. Why? She was sick. Don't you understand? No. I knew if I told you, you would no longer welcome me into your house. Sit with me like we have all these months. And you think I'll just leave now? Forget about you? You're deluded. I was just being nice for my grandfather's sake. I don't think so. I think you're attracted to me. I'm only 30. I like him young. Come with me. You won't have to suffer his absence. Do you think God thinks about us? Does he pity us? Why don't you ask him? Odd, isn't it? How absent he is and how present you are. I'm visible. He requires more. Are you on his side? I like to be mysterious. Maybe you'll write a poem about me. I won't say goodbye either. Then I'll just say, until later.
Small Fish Radio Theater's Not Your Average Horror Show featured the talents of Cat Dean, Joy Thrabjornson Coates, Michael Herzovi, and M.J. Kelly. Directing music and sound design by Trina Kakasek. Visit the podcast page of our website to catch up on all our shows. You'll also find us on iTunes. Just search for Small Fish Radio Theater. Look us up on Facebook and click the like button. Follow us on Twitter. Small Fish Radio Theater in Thespinarium is produced by Trina Kakasek and M.J. Kelly. Thanks for listening.